0: Even asking questions about this ideology uh, is potentially harmful. I, uh, at some point, uh, decided to ask a question whether some actions uh, inside of the company uh, uh, complied with a company's policies about discrimination, and I got reported for asking that.
1: Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster.
2: I'm Konstantin Kissin.
1: And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations with fascinating people. What
2: a brilliant guest we have for you today. He is a former Google engineer who was fired by the company for challenging some of the excesses of the company's diversity agenda. Taras Kobernik, welcome to Trigonometry.
0: Uh, Hello, Konstantin Francis. Happy to be here. You are very kind, uh, brilliant. It was probably an overstatement, but I will try to uh, live to that.
2: Yes, indeed. Well, your story is very interesting, and I'm sure uh, our audience will find it very interesting given some of the things that you've been through. Before we get into uh, Taras, please tell everybody a little bit about what's your background, who are you, how are you, where you are, what has been the journey through life that leads you to be sitting here talking to us?
0: Uh, Most of it probably is not related to the story. Uh, I'm from Ukraine. I was born there, moved to Switzerland to work uh, with Google at 2016, worked there for four years as a software engineer. And uh, unfortunately, it came to an end with me trying to point out certain things that were getting too far from my perspective uh, at the company and becoming damaging to the company's culture and probably the future.
2: Mm. And let's get into that right away. What was it that you were starting to become concerned about? Because having looked through some of the documents involved in your case, I can see that you made repeated attempts in discussions and forums, in conversations internally at Google, in response to various memos and diversity initiatives and all of that, to challenge some of the things Uh, that were happening. And you were told repeatedly that you were making other people unsafe, uh, uncomfortable. You were being insensitive. You were told that by uh, supporting Jordan Peterson's position on pronouns, uh, you were making your fellow employees, quote unquote, unsafe, etc. So what was it that was happening and why did you feel the need to speak out against it?
0: It was probably me being new to um, the Western culture because all my life before that moment uh, I spent uh, back in Ukraine and the approaches there are different. So when I uh, came to Google, I had to adjust to working for a huge company, working uh, in the West, living in a different place. It was my basically first trip uh, outside of ex-Soviet Union. And I also had to adjust to uh, the culture around. And not just to the local culture, but also to the American culture that is prevalent at uh, the company. Um, And I tend to um, pay attention to what the company tells us during uh, some educational sessions, like uh, uh, when the company explains company's policies and so on. So when the company tells me that uh, discriminations are not allowed on all these characteristics, I tend to trust that. And then when I see uh, some actions that do look like discriminations, at least in my book, uh, by definition of treating people uh, differently based on different traits like race and so on, I start asking questions because uh, it's either uh, a violation of policies and might uh, be a problem along the term, or it is the company not being honest. Uh, and telling you one thing in policies and then acting differently outside of that. And that is uh, a problem because it starts hard to trust the company in such case when you don't know what to expect uh, of the company. And also you don't know when the company might start holding you responsible uh, because on paper... uh, If you comply with what the company does, you start violating one thing or another, and then it's up to the company to decide where to to cash that uh, and to hold you responsible for that. And since you cannot properly trust the company, you cannot trust that uh, 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 the company is going to be fair and honest in uh, holding you responsible. So it's useful to try to clarify things. And that's what I've been trying to
2: do. Well, speaking of clarifying things, before Francis jumps in, because I know he has a lot of questions for you, just to clarify uh, for people who may be less familiar with our sort of post-Soviet culture, et cetera, you're coming from a place where the idea of saying things as they are is encouraged, right? In in your uh, previous career, before you moved to Switzerland, you probably would have thought, well, it's my job to listen to what my employer tells me and to respond to that honestly and directly uh, about what's happening. And you move over, you, you find yourself at Google, which says, we must not discriminate against people on the basis of their race, their sex, their gender, whatever. And you take that at face value. Uh, and you take that literally, and you start going, well, some of the stuff you're saying about white people kind of feels like discrimination to me. And if I go along with this... I would now be complicit in the very thing your company says I must not do. Is that a fair
0: summation? Yes. Uh, Obviously, uh, you cannot just say anything and uh, without consequences back uh, in Ukraine. Uh, And uh, companies might not be happy with whatever your disagreement is, and you're supposed to comply with policies. But that basically comes first. You're supposed to satisfy the company's requirements, like policies or whatever. And... Uh, that's why policies of Google did look like important to pay attention to.
1: And so let's just flesh out the working environment. What was it like to work at Google number one? Was it Was it good or was there sort of this culture of fear?
0: Uh, it's a mixed uh, feeling because there are a lot of awesome things at Google. Uh, there are a lot of uh, wonderful, uh, highly experienced people in their areas. Uh, there are a lot of resources obviously, there are a lot of tools that uh, probably not all of them are available outside uh, tools that help you to uh, do your job Uh, there are a lot of people that really try to make your work uh, pleasant and uh, uh, to provide you with some additional perks, health, whatever Uh, at the same time uh, the company is obviously huge and uh, there are costs that come with that size so not everything is Fast enough, uh, and there are some bureaucratic complications there. And uh, I wouldn't say there is a intentional culture of fear. Uh, it's more like uh, a lot of people try to stick to doing their job and try not uh, try to avoid. Uh, s- Contradicting the company or superiors because, uh, despite the company encouraging you to do the right thing, even at the cost to yourself, or challenge the status quo, which is stated in some companies' documents describing like positive traits, uh, it's not always good because if you start disagreeing with your superiors, uh, it might go both ways. And uh, there are awesome managers there that uh, really try to help you try to figure out what the problem is and how to. Uh, solve it. But there are a lot of people that uh, basically try to avoid unnecessary responsibility and try to uh, spend time on what they know best. For example, uh, most managers uh, are good at uh, fields they are in, like an engineering manager might be uh, most probably a great engineer, at least a, a great engineer uh, delivering some products in time. Uh, That doesn't make uh, such a person uh, good at interacting with people or uh, figuring out any interpersonal problems or organizational problems. So when such a person becomes a manager, uh, many seem to revert to this mode of thinking, oh, I am a good engineer, I'm going to keep being a good engineer, but just now I have additional team to help me deal with engineering stuff. And uh, that becomes a problem because the company expects certain things to be done in certain ways and uh, expects managers to handle uh, some bureaucracy at the company. And when managers uh, self-eliminate from that, all that burden uh, falls onto teams and it uh, makes things harder. And as for the ideological stuff, it applies to the extent that the company does something for whatever company reasons are. Not necessarily the company is uh, ideological, But it certainly supports some ideologies uh, and not others, and then it becomes. Uh, Taurus, could you
1: give an example where you said it supports certain ideologies but not others?
0: Uh, Obviously, my document uh, lists some examples of this, uh, and we've. uh, It's it wasn't the first case when I started uh, was asking questions, uh, but uh, in this case, it was twenty twenty. Uh, A lot of stuff was happening back in uh, the U.S., uh, racial-related stuff, and we were getting bombarded by uh, messages from uh, the top management uh, regarding all these ideologies that we have to educate ourselves about racism and about uh, Juneteenth and about slavery and about everything and read uh, um, books by Robin DiAngelo and others. And... uh, uh, Basically, the situation is that you're getting uh, an email from your CEO with such messages then from your senior vice president, your vice president, uh, vice presidents responsible for your office, vice presidents for uh, European region or whatever, and all keep telling you that you are supposed to educate yourself and you are not supposed to be a terrible person. And it's not clear uh why uh, they are trying to do that and what they are trying to achieve other than just to signal that they support this stuff. And uh, as for not being able to, uh, supporting one uh, ideologist and not others, even asking questions about this ideology uh, is potentially harmful. I, uh, at some point, uh, decided to ask a question whether some actions uh, inside of the company uh, uh, complied with a company's policies about discrimination. And I got reported for asking that uh, uh, for two cases. Uh, One, once I asked, uh, I formulated some question and I used words alleged racism because to me it didn't look like racism what people were describing. Uh, And I got reported for using the word alleged because apparently you're not supposed to doubt uh, that uh, such things are due to racism. And second case, uh, I was pointing out that Uh, that one of uh, allyship resources available inside of the company did look like discriminatory. uh, And why did you say that? uh, uh, That's uh, the resource that uh, is mentioned in my document. uh, And when uh, there are articles there like white people have no culture or what do we do with uh, white people and so on, Uh, they they focus on race and they uh, blame people based on race. uh, And... uh, to me, it already looks like discrimination. And most importantly, uh, I don't see uh, what uh, good thing this could lead to because I don't see uh, good outcomes of this. So I asked the question whether uh, such a resource was uh, within companies' policies. And I was reported for asking this question uh, also uh, because uh, the formula- uh, I was told that uh, pointing out... Uh, Um, Like criticizing or questioning uh, allyship resources draws attention from uh, the anti-racism fight and uh, so uh, I was intentionally drawing that attention away from important things Uh, I didn't know that uh, at the time I only uh, discovered uh, these things later when I was given a written warning with these statements on it Uh, I was given it uh, right before getting fired So you're not supposed to doubt that racism is there and you're not supposed to even question whether some resources uh, are within companies' policies and then how do you act.
1: Taris, that sounds incredibly sinister. So when you got that email from the vice president, the president saying you have to read this book, you have to read that book, did you have to read it or was it advised to read it?
0: It wasn't compulsory. Uh, I know that in some teams in the US, uh, people were getting through some uh, learning uh, sessions uh, and while they were not compulsory, uh, skipping them uh, was not something people felt comfortable with because uh, the the idea is if you uh, don't participate in this, then you are a terrible person because you don't want to understand how to deal with terrible stuff. Uh, Luckily, uh, in Europe, it's different. Uh, We didn't have uh, even uh, optional trainings, but we were getting a lot of these emails uh, from all the management, encouraging us to read all that stuff.
2: It's interesting that uh, it seems to me like a lot of people might look at your situation and go, "Well." Why would you be discussing politics at work? And you know, if if an employee in, in in a company that sells coffee or whatever came in and started spouting off about BLM, you can see why their manager would be like, "Come on, mate, just just make the coffees, calm, mm-hmm. calm down." But in your case, it seems like the company brought the politics in, and you were then simply responding based on your literal interpretation. Possibly, if I may say so, as a fellow post-Soviet person because you kind of took it at face value and well these are the requirements of my job I have to take this information in process it and respond accordingly and then having politicized your role and everyone else's role in the company, the company then essentially prompted people to be talking about this political stuff but there was only one particular vision that you were supposed to have
0: Uh, Yes, uh, kind of like that um, there are multiple uh, things here. Uh, so the, uh, the company tells us all the time uh, that uh, we are supposed to pay attention to bad things happening around us. We are, uh, we are going through trainings that tell us that we have to pay attention and report uh, violations and so on. And then when it looks like uh, there are some violations, uh, uh, it becomes a problem. It's actually uh, even more complicated uh, when uh, there is all this pressure because uh, the company doesn't always explain to you what exactly the company wants. Uh, it's it, it slightly a si- uh, step to the side, but I had a, a situation once when I got reported for one discussion and uh, my manager had a meeting with me and told me that uh, I, w- I was not to cross the line And uh, it wasn't clear what that line was in that specific situation uh, that he was referring to. So I asked for a clarification. Uh, Could you please tell me what that line is so I would avoid crossing it? The manager takes uh, uh, a break um, as far as, intent meets some uh, HRs, then comes back and tells me And I quote pretty closely that a decision has been made not to clarify to you where the line is, because (laughs) doing that would enable you to go straight to that line without crossing it. And it's not uh, something that the company wants. So it was intentional uh, obscurity of uh, policies. And uh, in such cases, how do you act if you don't know what constitutes a violation of a policy? Uh, Because then whatever you do might be a violation and you might be held responsible. It's uh, understandable that uh, it's useful for the company to push all this responsibility onto uh, everyone around, be it employees, be it customers, because uh, you are customers of uh, YouTube uh, because you have to comply with YouTube's policies. Don't we just
1: fucking know it, Taras?
2: (laughs) Uh, We do. Uh, Taras, let let me ask you something. Look, obviously your story, uh, and and we'll get into some of the consequences for you, is deeply painful, I imagine, and, and difficult, and a lot of people will care about it. But also I think a question a lot of people will have is how this affects them, right? Because if you have a company that you know, whether you believe it's ideologically driven or not, it certainly seems like a particular ideological slant exists within some of the policies. Does Do you believe that that is reflected in the product, in the Google algorithms, in the YouTube, in all of that stuff? Is there any element where that starts to bleed through?
0: I haven't seen... Uh examples of uh, that affecting our project, but I was just a part of uh, some project and not others. Uh, Generally, I would avoid making statements like, yes, it does affect uh, products, though we can see that uh, Google Maps has, for example, released uh, half a year ago a new feature where uh, businesses can mark themselves as owned by black people or by women or something like that. And this is basically coming from this idea of uh, we having to provide uh, additional possibilities to minorities and so on, which results basically in a feature that incentivizes people to discriminate each other basically on uh, grounds of race, uh, gender, and so on. But in general, the thing is, for example, with uh, Google search that I was a part of, like bigger ecosystem of Google search, When you make any changes to search, you're supposed to uh, figure out whether this is a good change or not. And it's hard to do uh, that in a big system. Same uh, goes for machine learning systems, uh, AI, and so on. And uh, this is often done by uh, having some references, uh, let's say search queries, uh, and you have a huge amount of them. And then you check uh, whether changes in outcomes of search uh, are beneficial or not as a result of you uh, tweaking something. And uh, there are people that uh, create such uh, references and there are people that uh, grade whatever deviations from known uh, search results. And uh, then these people make decisions whether some examples are good or not, whether some search results uh, are good uh, matches for search queries and so on. And when such people are subjects to all these uh, environment where you have to uh, support or at least not to challenge certain ideology, when they know that even questioning whether uh, something is good or not might uh, uh, result in a problem for them, they might be uh, quite careful with uh, making their decisions for about such references. And uh, they might just avoid uh, any, um, basically, tests for software that might uh, challenge uh, this narrative. So while people might not be uh, actively ideological, they might just take decisions not to... Um, uh, evaluate quality of some uh, aspects of products in order to avoid problems with ideological stuff.
2: But the, the reason I ask you is, I'll give you an example and maybe you can explain to me what's going on. Obviously, YouTube is also owned by Google. And I, there, there's a, a right-wing uh, American talk show host, a very famous Tucker Carlson, whose show you've been on. Uh, and I have noticed that if you, you know whether I'm, I'm doing stuff for research or whatever, when I put Tucker Carlson in, the first... Or second video on the YouTube search is almost always someone on CNN making fun of or debunking or mocking Tucker Carlson, which seems quite unusual. Like if you were to search for trigonometry, I'd be it'd be very odd to me that the first search results wouldn't be from trigonometry. There would be somebody making fun of trigonometry.
0: Not that anyone would do that, of course. <laughs> Well, you do. uh, You make a good fun of it yourself when you (laughs) get to that. Yeah. Uh, As for uh, search results on YouTube and so on, it's uh, actually a different, a difficult question. It's uh, pretty easy to see it as a result of ideologies and some um, uh, malice, but uh, it's not necessarily that because all these algorithms, they have to deal with uh, so huge uh, amounts of information that you. cannot potentially test everything and uh, you cannot always uh, it's basically impossible to have uh, some decision-making system that would be 100 percent correct uh so uh you always try uh, trying to make improvements uh and your improvements most probably result in some um detrimental effects to some other parts like uh, let's say that you would try to make sure that Tucker Carlson gets uh, proper search results. And then you uh, make some changes to the algorithm and then whatever CNN, Deutsche Welle, uh, BBC would start getting slightly worse search results. And then it's up to you to decide whether overall increase in quality is good enough to justify that slight drop in some areas, uh, or not. And you cannot, uh, get to 100% correctness. So, uh, might be possible to look at specific results and try to figure out what's happening there. But uh, uh, I wouldn't say that it is uh, the company's malice or whatever that is responsible for such results.
1: I find that very upsetting, Taris. I thought that YouTube were against us. Has made me angry. But look, Taras, what? why? I, I still can't get my head around this. Why is it that these big juggernaut multinational corporations making billions Why do they get involved in this stuff if it's going to cause anger, if it's going to cause divisiveness within their own ranks and ultimately lower productivity?
0: I hope that you would be able to tell me you've had so many wonderful uh, guests on your show and uh, much more suited uh, to uh, explore uh, reasons behind such changes. I really don't know why the company supports it. I haven't seen... uh, some evidence of uh, the management being ideological. Uh, But I don't know what they say in private. Uh, And when they uh, talk uh, in public, it's not clear whether they support this because they really think this is a good ideology, uh, because they are trying to get some benefits for the company by supporting this ideology, or uh, simply because they are afraid to touch uh, some topics. For example, there was um, a situation in uh, the beginning of uh, summer 2019. There was one company's employee, uh, a manager from YouTube uh, in uh, Los Angeles, who did notice uh, some random black person trying to bypass some security measures on an an apartment building of that uh, Google's employee. And uh, so that employee uh, did confront that black person. The situation uh, escalated and ended up with uh, the employee calling the police and uh, being filmed on camera. And that ended up on um, public news as a white YouTube executive calling the police on a black man or something like that. And uh, there was a lot of unhappiness uh, inside of the company. uh, people were claiming they were unsafe uh, working with this employee. Uh, there was a meeting between uh, so-called Blacks at YouTube and Affinity Group uh, in YouTube for, as far as I understand, black employees and their allies. They had, according to the internal messaging boards, a meeting with uh, the CEO of YouTube, uh, Susan Pujitski And uh, after that, uh, and they, as far as I understand, were trying to express uh, their... Unhappiness with the situation. And Susan uh, has decided to address this uh, during a company-wide meeting, so-called TJF. We still had them back then. Uh, Later, the company canceled uh, most of them. Uh, So Susan was aware of the situation. Uh, She was addressing it uh, on her own initiative. She was able to prepare she obviously thought that uh, the topic was important enough because she walked in the middle of regular presentations uh, usually it doesn't happen uh, she didn't she decided not to wait for uh, the standard uh, questions and answers session at the end and decided to address the situation in the middle of that meeting and she said that basically the company uh, I'm trying to be close uh, that the company valued uh, black employees a lot and that uh, the safety of the black employees was paramount to the company and so on. Uh, Nobody was uh, challenging that position Uh, so it wasn't clear why she was stating that and uh, she said absolutely nothing about uh, uh, whether it was fine to call the police in that situation for the employee or not. Uh, So, uh, With people claiming being unsafe And uh, asking several questions on that Q&A session uh, about uh, consequences to that employee, whether the company would take some action uh, against that employee. Uh, Susan never addressed that. Uh, And then uh, the CEO of Google, Sundar Pichai, also uh, said a few words, but he basically repeated uh, the same sentiment and also avoided addressing the question of Uh, a mob of uh, black employees and their allies basically harassing that white uh, employee for calling the police on a suspected trespasser. Uh, That employee uh, wasn't fired as far as I understand, but uh, the company that claims that discrimination is bad and that uh, the company that even mentioned on my uh, on the statement about me uh, for uh, Tucker Carlson show that I was apparently a bad person for singling out some person. I have no idea what that is about. Uh, the company was obviously fine with all this mob uh, singling out that employee and going after that employee. Uh, I don't know why the company reacted that way. Uh, my best guess is that uh, despite being... Uh, aware of the situation and having time to prepare. The management had no idea how to address it uh, because uh, over time it's not like the management has been displaying great problem solving skills to the rest of the company. So that could have been just a result of uh, the management being afraid of doing anything.
1: And and Terrace, so you see this happening in the company. You see the way that the political climate is going. Do you not worry about yourself and doing the actions that you that you have then done because you must have been worried you must have known where this was going to end
0: up i wasn't worrying that much for myself though uh, it was obviously affecting me when i was being called uh, uh being referred to as a terrible person because of being white basically uh But uh, what was worrying me even more is that the company didn't look capable of addressing such situations and uh, being clear with uh, its employees or with customers. Uh, And uh, that says something about company's ability to address other challenges. And when so much in your life uh, depends on how good your employer is, good as in the sense of business sense, whether you have future there and so on. And then you see these uh, such actions uh, that uh, make you think that the company is not capable of addressing actual uh, problems. That was uh, troublesome. But in general, uh, about this situation, yes uh, I don't see how this can proceed without ending with uh, uh, one out of two uh, outcomes either uh, people accept all this uh, state of things and just submit to it and uh, I do not uh, I won't be able to do that myself and I wouldn't wish that on to my friends uh, or there is going to be real conflict and uh, Potential misery down the road, uh, and whatever the outcome of that conflict, I'm not looking forward to that. So yes, I, I, it was necessary to try to fix the problem. Uh, The idea basically is that you uh, love it, fix it, or leave it. Uh, I saw it as a problem. I uh, saw it as uh, affecting, let's say, my reputation because when I joined Google. Uh, my reputation started contributing to Google's, although it was very small uh, contribution, uh, but Google's reputation started affecting me. And if uh, the company you work for starts doing bad things uh, and you uh, say nothing, uh, like I would uh, feel myself res- uh, responsible or at least uh, um, uh, it would be possible for people to blame me for such uh, things. So I had to do something. I wasn't able to love uh, the situation. I wasn't ready to leave. uh, And uh, I tried to fix it. Uh, That's why I've been asking questions internally. That's why I wrote this document. And I actually wrote this document after a conversation in our team because uh, it wasn't just me being unhappy but other people as well. Though most of people are not uh, as uh, able to... About uh, this stuff because they worry about their their families and so on. Uh, I was in a slightly better position. I unfortunately don't have a family, but that does make things a bit easier for me. Uh, So, uh, in the end of that uh, conversation, my manager asked me uh, about my specific concerns and told me that uh, these concerns would be um, sent somewhere upstairs or whatever. And I decided to write a document because uh, it's hard to. And just keep telling uh, stuff to people in such a big company because uh, everyone uh, has their own problems to work on, different time zones and whatever. So when you try to address something, it's much better to write a document and then share the document so people can read it at uh, their spare time. I wrote the document, I shared it with uh, uh, the manager so he would be able to use it. And I also shared it with our team because of that conversation and with some other people I've been having Uh, I had, uh, had, uh, I had similar conversations with and that's when problems started because apparently the company wasn't happy with that.
2: And for people who haven't read the document, uh, what was the gist? What was the
0: overall message that you, you said? Uh, I saw these ideologies getting too far and damaging, uh, becoming uh, contradictory with company's own policies and damaging long-term to the culture and to the reputation of the company. And uh, I also saw it as a problem that it was hard for people to uh, point that out because I knew plenty of people that were not happy with this, but uh, that were afraid of speaking up. Uh, and that uh, was also something that I mentioned in my document. Uh, actually, after I started getting pressured by uh, my manager, I contacted one of uh, higher managers, director level, uh, with something like 50, 80 people reporting to him. And I asked for uh, uh, advice there because uh, I wasn't getting any good advice from my manager. Uh, okay, maybe my document is awful, but let me know how I can express these thoughts in an appropriate manner. And I was uh, never got that response, and I uh, asked that question again uh, during the meeting with HR uh, when I was getting fired, and I also didn't get any explanation how I can express these things in a way that would be considered uh, possible. The company tells you all the time that uh, you are free to uh, discuss whatever you want, and then there is uh, a small print caveat that uh, communications have to be... Uh, respectful and so on and then it's up to the company to decide what is considered to be disrespectful and uh, uh, the company doesn't actually tell you what uh, is your uh, mistake and how to fix it Uh, again probably because uh, whatever the company says it is afraid that it might be used against it somewhere later so it's uh, more beneficial for the company to avoid providing you with enough information So I contacted uh, that uh, director-level manager, and I asked him for help, Uh, and the answer was, do what your manager tells you, and also you're wrong that you think uh, uh, that uh, it's not safe to talk about uh, these matters inside of the company. Because uh, uh, that's uh, most probably because uh, you've never engaged with all these wonderful allyship resources our company provides. And then I was encouraged to join some allyship group and to learn about racism and so on. And I don't know what was more disturbing there, whether uh, uh, an engineer and a a high manager with a lot of people depending on him not understanding this uh, environment that the company creates and uh, problems uh, that come with it, or uh, understanding it and uh, consciously uh, stepping away uh, and uh, to avoid uh, uh, making things complicated for himself and letting uh, subordinates basically to deal with all this uh, on their own.
1: Taurus, was there any point where you were working for Google? It went... This reminds me of the Soviet Union.
0: Oh, uh, the, okay. Uh, if I would uh, say that, uh, I wouldn't be uh, totally correct because uh, I was lucky uh, to be about 13 when the Soviet Union collapsed. Uh, luckily, it collapsed before I did. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I was only able to judge uh, about the Soviet Union Uh, based on conversations with uh, parents, friends of the family, uh, reading books, uh, movies, and so on. So it's not like uh, uh, my personal experience with the Soviet Union, with a lot of stuff. But uh, a lot of nonsense that happens, not just with Google, but it looks like in corporate world, uh, in politics, uh, it's just ridiculous. It's... uh, um, all these statements about uh, supporting some ideologies and having to uh, um, uh, to be the beacon of lights or whatever, uh, all that stuff was happening in the Soviet Union with uh, actual results not being that great and so on, as far as I understand. So, yeah, uh, there are uh, better people to make such a comparison, but uh, I guess... Uh, uh, Some people, after getting fed all all that nonsense in uh, the Soviet Union and post-Soviet Union times in countries controlled by the Soviet Union, like Poland and others, uh, maybe they're a little better, maybe not better equipped, but uh, maybe they have a little less patience uh, to all this nonsense than others that are not familiar with this.
2: Yeah, well, that, that makes sense to me, Taras. Uh, and obviously, uh, you you then get fired for for refusing to not share that document. So your manager said to you, you, there is no problem discussing this issue, or rather this director manager, there's no problem talking about this stuff at Google. Go ahead. I mean, go and read all the right literature, of course. But, mm-hmm. but there's no problem. You can say what you want. And so you said what you want, and then they try to get you to unsay it. And when you refused, they fired you. Is that
0: correct? Uh, Yes. I don't know why the company didn't order me to delete the document. Maybe, again, it was uh, trying to save, to maintain some perception that things are allowed at the company. So you don't have to delete the document. I was told that you just have to make the uh, the document uh, not accessible by other people, which (laughs) results in the same uh, and uh, which sounds as a nonsense. And I've been asking my manager repeatedly, uh, like, what is wrong with my document? And if I am so dumb that I am unable to express my thoughts uh, in a good way, could you please tell me how I can do that? Uh, My manager wasn't capable to do that. I wouldn't uh, get into details of that because, again, that's just uh, decisions and uh, qualities of one person that might not be indicative of the company in general. Uh, But... uh, It wasn't the first uh, time when I got in this situation we allow you to talk about things but you have to talk uh, about them in a way we see appropriate and we won't tell you what the appropriate is. Uh, It wasn't the first time when I was asking HRs um, about ways to uh, talk about things without getting uh, reported. You already mentioned that uh, 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 the case uh, about Jordan Peterson's pronouns and it was actually ridiculous because Uh, It was a conversation where someone asked the question something like, if only I knew why people act the way they do. Uh, And that could have been a sarcastic remark, uh, but I decided to try to respond uh, to it. And uh, it's not like I knew a lot about psychology. Uh, Maybe nowadays I would have recommended uh, lectures by Robert Sapolsky from Stanford. Uh, But back then I was uh, going through university lectures by Jordan Peterson, uh, The Maps of Meaning. And despite me uh, not following all uh, conclusions by Dr. Peterson, uh, uh, I was fascinated by um, how he was getting uh, to some interesting ideas based on whatever uh, uh, sources he was using. So, uh, uh, and it was useful for me to a certain extent, so I decided to recommend these lectures. By that time, I I have already I had already heard about such things as uh, microaggressions and trigger warnings. So I decided to do my best to provide a trigger warning. So I mentioned that uh, Jordan Peterson uh, was considered by some people controversial because of his stance on the uh, compelled speech, uh, which resulted in uh, all this controversy around transgender pronouns. Uh, But uh, from my point of view, it was due to representation of his stance. And that was basically my comment. Uh, almost immediately, someone commented that how dare you to mention Jordan Peterson because I have a, a sibling who is uh, trans and this is so painful and now you are mentioning this terrible person. And then I got reported for um, uh, for uh, supporting Jordan Peterson's stance on transgender pronouns, which uh, wasn't... I believe, the point of my comment. So you can get in such uh, strange uh, situations as well.
2: So basically, you mentioned someone who some people don't like and that that be, that becomes you making people unsafe now.
0: Uh, yes, and uh, uh, around that time, I also heard about uh, some attempts to invite people like uh, Dr. Peterson to give a talk uh, at uh, some Google office. Google has... Uh, uh, has been uh, inviting different people. And there are uh, there is a channel called Talks at Google or something like that on YouTube where you can uh, watch all this. And there are people like John Cleese, for example. Uh, and uh, some of uh, these talks are fun to watch. Uh, but uh, people were not getting approvals for uh, inviting Jordan Peterson. And at the same time, uh, Robin DiAngelo, the author of, of the White Fragility book, was given a talk at one of the offices. It was actually my first uh, topic that I uh, got engaged in because I had no idea how the concept of white fragility might not be a violation of companies' policies about uh, racial discrimination. So, look, you're looking
1: at the journey that you've had. You look at everything that's happened. Do you regret speaking out?
0: Uh, I regret losing my uh, Google salary and uh, putting my uh, Swiss uh, visa in danger because uh, it's hard to stay here if I don't have a good job and not that easy always to find uh, uh, a suitable job. I don't regret speaking up. I probably would have regretted if I stayed silent. Basically, it was uh, quite uncomfortable for me and it was uh, not... I would say it was uh, detrimental for my uh, um, state. Uh, In addition to all the uh, pressure that uh, there is uh, there uh, engineering-wise regarding your work, there was this uh, pressure with ideologies I wasn't able to support and pressure with all this nonsense uh, and uh, with the company not being able to formulate things. And the company basically acting... Uh, hypocritically, and uh, uh, avoid uh, putting all the blame onto you, to, uh, avoiding the, providing you information to, in order to be able to navigate all these complexities, it was making things harder. Actually, at the, uh, I was already thinking about leaving Google at some point even before that, uh, but uh, I, uh, I was still not ready to do that. Uh, but but so this pressure actually drives some people away from the company. I know people that do leave company because of all this nonsense, about uh, because of all this
2: pressure. Mm. And what has been the impact on your life? You mentioned losing your salary in your job. You are still looking for a job now. Uh, Google haven't exactly. I mean, you can see why after uh, all of the complaints uh, that they had about you, they wouldn't give you a, a good reference. But uh, you, you still haven't found another job. Bec- and it's been a year, right?
0: Uh, It's not like I've been looking for a new job all the time. I really needed some break uh, after uh, Google. And after some time, I really felt way better than I uh, uh, felt uh, while uh, working for the company. Uh, Yes, it's uh, a bit hard uh, uh, for various reasons for me to find something here. Uh, And uh, regarding the reference, uh, sure, uh, I totally agree that... uh, First of all, I agree that a company should be able to uh, get rid of an employee that for some reason is not good for the company. Otherwise, it just wouldn't make any sense from um, uh, business uh, reasons, whatever. Uh, What I uh, don't agree is the way uh, it went because uh, basically the company was uh, putting onto me uh, uh, the blame for uh, situations uh, created by the company. for whatever um, contradictions been there and then uh, instead of just telling me, look, I know that we uh, that you don't support these ideologies, we do. Uh, it's uh, not going to work for us. Let's figure out how to part our ways. I would have understood that. I would have understood if the company just told us that yeah, we're going to discriminate people based on race because we think it's better for us. Uh, at least uh, there wouldn't uh, wouldn't have been uh, this contradiction for me, uh, like different messages from the company Uh, I was uh, expecting uh, a slightly different outcome but the company actually uh, acted uh, quite unfriendly both through uh, all this process and afterwards you mentioned uh, uh, the reference and again, I agree that uh, how can someone who uh, gets fired uh, get a good reference letter But there are actually some uh, regulations regarding uh, that uh, here in Switzerland. Basically, uh, reference letters are supposed to be written in such a way to help uh, the former employee to find a new job. You are not supposed to blackmouth uh, that employee, and uh, you are supposed to only mention negative stuff if that was directly related to your job. Like, uh, if I was a driver and I was drinking alcohol during my work hours, that would have been on a reference letter. Uh, that, of course, makes reference letters uh, a bit less useful because uh, you cannot properly explain why have you decided to fire someone. But uh, some people even uh, getting fired for underperformance and uh, getting fired in uh, after the company having bad perception are still getting Uh, great uh, reference letters as far as I know. In my case, the company has decided to uh, provide me with a bad one that was uh, also contradicting my previous performance reviews and was basically questioning both my personal skills. Uh, uh, The reference letter tells something like uh, that I was so disrespectful with my fellow employees, uh, fellow colleagues, that the company had to intervene. Um, And uh, When I was trying to negotiate with the company about that, the company told me, so what that you can bring, and again, I'm quoting pretty closely, so what that you can bring 10 colleagues that would testify that you were a wonderful colleague, we're going to bring uh, testaments from five people that were offended by whatever you posted on internal message boards, and then it's going to be up to some judge to decide who is uh, more right. Uh, Overall, it uh, has resulted in me losing a lot of time trying to uh, negotiate for a better reference letter and a lot of money spent on lawyers. Uh, The company wasn't uh, even trying to uh, talk to me. So it was basically stalling for a lot of time, not replying, which is not that great. And uh, talking about you as customers of uh, clients of YouTube, uh, that's basically one of the standards uh, standard approaches of designing interfaces be it uh, like graphical interface of a program or a process through which people have to go in order to contact the company and to get some support or whatever uh, I've never been posting anything on YouTube uh, you know better but are you getting good enough uh, explanations from YouTube when some of your videos gets uh, unlisted or uh, demonetized or whether some of your uh, Uh, some of the comments on your videos are getting deleted. Are you getting enough information to prevent such things from happening in the future? (laughs) And do you understand why exactly that happened? Because if it doesn't, it's uh, the same problem. The company is putting all this uh, responsibility onto you. Uh, uh, The company is not being friendly and uh, not trying to uh, be fair. And the company has this uh, so-called culture of three respects. Respect each other, respect uh, uh, the customer, and respect the opportunity. Um, It was uh, getting installed somewhere uh, two years ago, maybe, and uh, I'm not prepared to talk about opportunities, but at least with regard to respecting each other and customers, I would say that the company does a terrible job because by not providing you with proper information so you would be able to uh, interact with the company, uh, it makes your lives easier, and uh, at the uh, it basically puts responsibility onto you in order to avoid responsibilities itself and this is not a good uh, partnership and the same happens with internal communications when you don't understand what's happening and uh, all these situations at the company so uh, uh, respecting each other also doesn't work that greatly inside of the company
2: that makes sense taras okay. we wish you all the best with finding new employment and uh, now that you feel better about everything thank you for coming to speak to us uh, we've got a, a few questions for our local supporters. We've also got a final question. Uh, is uh, is there any way people can get in touch with you if they want to uh, or find you online or anything like that?
0: Uh, they can probably find me on LinkedIn or on my ProtonMail account, taras.kobernik at protonmail.com. Fantastic. Uh, thanks very much. Well,
2: we've got one more question in the main interview for you. Which is,
1: what's the one thing we're not talking about, but we really should be?
0: Uh if only I knew what you've been talking about, because I didn't have as much time to watch all your uh, wonderful podcasts. But uh, I'm curious whether uh, how we can uh, improve overall education system. I know that you've discussed uh, it briefly with uh, Doctors Heather, Heather Hines and Bert Weinstein during your recent uh, podcast, uh, live stream. But uh, there you were addressing it from the point of view of... Uh, um, changing, maybe creating new institutions instead of the existing uh, universities and so on. I wonder about uh, accessibility of good mentorship to people, because uh, sometimes it's uh, nice if you know what questions to ask. Uh, Then you can go to sites like Quora or whatever and try to find some answers or Google for something. Sometimes you don't even know what questions to ask. And good mentorship is important. Unfortunately, not everyone can get one. Uh, usually it's uh, parents and your teachers that are supposed to help you, but not everyone can help you. For example, my parents were ne- never able to advise me on creating my own business or investing things. Those were not things in the Soviet Union mm-hmm. and so uh, in other camp- countries as well. Uh, so uh, it, I think there is a, a lot of value in good mentorship. I don't know how to make it uh, accessible. Uh, and uh, maybe we can create something that is not perfect, but uh, the next best thing. We have uh, all these on, uh, wonderful online courses available from leading uh, uh, universities. And uh, they were of great help for me, for example, because without them, I wouldn't have been able to get to even to Google or near close. Uh, so maybe there is some way to have uh, some educational institutions that are not about having uh, awesome scientists uh, on staff and instead of leveraging uh, these uh, educational uh, courses uh, from online platforms and instead focusing on providing good mentorship or whatever and Francis would be able to tell more about this with your background uh, in education I don't have that experience but would be nice to discuss that
1: no, it's, it's something that would be very, very interesting to discuss. Terrace, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been you. An absolute... A pleasure. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure for us, so thank you. Uh, and thank you for watching, guys, at home. And if you've enjoyed the show, please remember that Wednesdays and Sundays, 7 p.m. Uh, British time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, are when our interviews go out. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays, 7 p.m., 2 p.m. are our Raw shows. And if you want to enjoy Trigonometry on the move because you're back at work, it's also available as a podcast. Take care and see you soon, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this incredible interview. Remember to subscribe and hit the bell button so that you never miss another fantastic episode.
2: And if you believe that the work we do here at Trigonometry is important, support us by joining our Locals community using the link below.